Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm John Alois, joined by Sean Degenhart. Hi there. And John Redling Schaefer. Hey, ho. Before we get to our Disney view, I want to remind you we are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. You can email us at podcast at the Hyperion Hub.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Time for our Disney views. Let's throw it over to John. Guys, this isn't breaking news, but I really felt it was important for us at the Hyperion Hub to really pay our respects to an amazing pioneer and Disney legend we just lost late last year, Oak Park, Illinois' own Betty White. There's so much to love about Betty and her legacy. What did you guys love the most? Just her kind of down-home approach. Um she seemed to get more popular with age and uh you know a few years ago when she had the the twitter vote to get on SNL uh she was revitalized i think it actually helped uh saturday night live a lot as well so she had been on television for what five decades close to that if not over that and uh, just a wonderful performer I knew her best through Golden Girls and, you know, aware of her other, the shows that she was in. Mama's Family was another one that I watched her in. But after Golden Girls, she just became America's darling. I mean, you know, even more successful. Um, her work with animals that I've learned more about since her passing. And everybody just loved her. I never saw anybody or heard anybody say anything negative about her. Um, everybody just loved her. And I think, you know, it might be a little over the top to say, you know, she kind of brought people together. Um, and even in her passing, I think maybe just pr provided a little unity for the country, if that, you know, if I can be so bold to say that. Sean, you mentioned the Golden Girls. That show was the first TV series to be produced by the Walt Disney Company under the Touchstone television label uh, and was subsequently distributed by Buena Vista International, now known as Disney ABC Television Group. And it is Betty and B. Arthur and Rue McClanahan and Estelle Getty, who all became Disney legends in 2009. And the Walt Disney Company and its tribute to Betty actually quoted her back in 2009. Um, I want to put to rest the rumor that somebody started that I used to babysit for Walt when he was a little boy. I didn't. She did, however, recall being so excited when the first Mickey Mouse doll was released. I needed that doll. My parents, bless their hearts, bought him for me, and he still stands on my desk at home. So the woman loved Mickey Mouse, so how can she be a bad person, right? <laughs> and Mickey Mouse loved her as a Disney That's legend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, John. On to our second half of our conversation with Dan Zare from Coffee with Kenobi, and we'll hear about his opinion of the Disney fandom. We talk about that and... We talk about the new Galactic Star Cruiser opening at Walt Disney World. I'd love to talk a little bit about the fandom of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't think of another genre uh, of this kind of geek culture that is so passionate when it comes to so very high and so very low. If, they, if you do something that they don't like, they will let you know. And if you do something that they love, 
they are going to flaunt it as much as possible. Just a sidebar, I had a, an old grade school friend uh, reach out to me and ask me what I think of Boba Fett because she started it. She watched the first episode. Uh, the uh, Sarlacc pit scene uh, kind of grossed her out a little bit. So she, she hasn't watched the other two episodes. And I said, I'm enjoying it, but I'm probably, you're probably asking the wrong person. If you're looking for harsh, mean criticism, you're not going to get that from me. Because I think there are silver linings in Star Wars, no matter who you are, what you're watching. My least favorite, and we disagree on this, Dan, my least favorite thing Disney has done with Star Wars was The Last Jedi. But there are moments that Mm. I can find in there that are still goosebump moments. It's still Star Wars. Talk about the fandom. Exactly. All right, so that that is a loaded question. But here's, here's, I think, you know, Hyperbole, hallowed be thy name, which is basically what we're talking about here. To me, I think when you say no, it gives your yes more weight. I think it, I think to be an actual real critic, uh, that that is an, a lost art. And we've kind of gotten to this weird area of, of doubting experts and things like that. And to me, as I say all the time on Coffee with Kenobi, you know, critical thinking and intellectual honesty is so important. You can find, like you said so beautifully, John, you can find several linings and everything. I don't like everything I see in Star Wars, but there are always pearls of nuggets and there are always positive things in there. At the end of the day, I don't look to Star Wars to completely fill my cup because that would be inauthentic. And I'm a well-rounded person. You know, you cannot live on Star Wars alone or Disney alone or Marvel alone or what have you. It just... It's not a good way to live your life because you are setting yourself up to be disappointed. So if things don't work for you, you've got 40 plus years of other Star Wars literature, film, animation, comic books, collectibles, whatever you want that you can enjoy. I, I didn't like The Rise of Skywalker. It was That was a hard one for me to swallow because that was the last one in the series. But at the end of the day, it doesn't ruin my love of the franchise or or, or change the way I view my childhood. It's just, okay, that one didn't work for me. But guess what? I've got, you know, 10 other movies that worked for me just fine. And I'm going to enjoy that. So I love when people disagree or when they don't always like something because I think that's where you can get to really know and understand someone. And then they can show you their point of view may illuminate something that you hadn't thought of previously. But if you're just out there to bash and to hate and be angry then that's why God invented the mute button on Twitter. And I've used it many times. <laughs> John, is there anything that you can think of as far as what I'm referring to, as far as the genre being so vocal? Yeah, there are certain TV shows and movies that have a cult-like following, but it's not systemic. It's not, uh, you know, how many years, I you know, 40 plus now of material of, storylines of a culture. I mean, it's a culture. And I, I, I love the fact, Dan, that you said, don't be so focused that you miss the other stuff. But I'm hard-pressed to think of another culture that is this ingrained in society. I mean, there are times when I could be somewhere and the conversation references something, not with the diehards, where I'm going, I, I don't understand that reference. And But yet enough people around you do that you're going, it really is ingrained in our society, in our culture as a spectrum, not just 
within itself. So I'm hard-pressed to think of another one. I work in church music, and there's a similar kind of equation here with, um, you know, people growing up in the church, you know, what they grew up with is what they love. So when the music changes, and we, we're not singing the hymns that we used to sing, but we're singing something new and unfamiliar, I think it's the same with Star Wars or any cultural phenomenon like that. You care so deeply about it. You grew up with it. It's part of your life. When it changes to something new or something you're uncomfortable with, that's just, you know, you're messing with hallowed ground here. You know, don't mess with my Star Wars because you do relate to it so personally. It's true. It's very sacrosanct to a lot of people. And I I get that. Believe me, I get that. I spent a lot of time in my life focusing on this franchise. And I, at the end of the day, as much as I love it, if that's my only thing that's still in my bucket, then that, then that will be insatiable. So, you know, again, it doesn't all have to work for you, but it wasn't enough to distract me from the things that I did like about it. And then I chose, I choose, that's just who I am. I choose to focus on the things that I enjoy and the things that I don't, I understand them. I acknowledge them, but I don't live there. I live somewhere else. So speaking of being able to live somewhere else, we're going to be able to experience yeah. The, I like the transition. The, nice segue. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lukewarm with it, really. I'm lukewarm ah, with it. Lukewarm. <laughs> lukewarm. Which is the internal temperature of a tauntaun, as we know. <laughs> okay. Um, so the Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, we're going to be able mm. to experience a, you know, the, the, the being in the uh, movies, in the stories. What are your thoughts of the Star Cruiser? It has not been highly regarded uh, from the again the fandom in many areas um of the mm. of the star wars universe tell us what you think so there's not a ton that we know about it I and mean, we we know about the pricing which of course is the big thing that people see and and so my challenge for that is you know is it worth it well we don't know no one's been on it yet so how could we possibly know but you're this is a this is a premium cost for a premium, unique experience that is unlike anything in the world, like literally nothing like it in the world. So until people start to ride it and experience it or or live that, you know, two days or whatever it is, then how are we possibly going to know? I, I've only seen the stills that we have seen. I've seen that video that was released that isn't out anymore. So I don't know. I mean, I want to see, like for me, if they took a big paintbrush in over Galaxy's Edge and made all original trilogy based. I'd be thrilled because that is the Star Wars that I grew up with and that so many of us love. I would love that. That being said, Galaxy's Edge is one of my favorite places to be on the planet. I absolutely love it. Um, my son loves it. My wife, I took around it for a couple hours and, and I said, hey, Mason, I want to come here tomorrow and spend the whole day. And she said... I think I've seen enough brown rocks for one day. <laughs> so, you know, we have different ways that we look at it, but I'm excited about it because it's going to be a cool Star Wars experience. And really that's as far as I could possibly take it because other than that, I don't know. I, I totally respect that people are, are gun shy. That's why Coffee with Kenobi and Emmy and Mouse Fan Travel are going to go on it together, but not till the summer of 2023. That gives people time to find out about it, to read the reviews, to watch the videos and, and listen to the podcast about it and save money when it gets to that point, because it's going to be, it's not like it's going to be something you do all the time, but I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly fascinated by it. I'm a little nervous because I really want it to be great, but who knows? Who knows? What about you guys? 
Well, we've talked a little bit about it. Uh, it starts with the price, right? Um, yes. What are we talking? How much for, for two and a half days? Six or seven grand. Six or seven grand, yeah. So it depends on how many people. For that amount of money, it better be great for me, you know, before. Agreed. And I'm going to have to see mm-hmm. it before uh, we, we make that uh, decision. Um, yes. It the, the video had such a negative reaction that they had to pull it, you know? And I'm, mm. I'm hoping that they learn from <laughs> all the decisions that they've made thus far and just try to improve as they go. Uh, it, Galaxy's Edge was very risky. But Disney's Mm -hmm. known for taking big risks. When I first Mm -hmm. walked in, I didn't have that emotional hug that I got without, I don't love Harry Potter. I, you know, as much as I do Star Wars, I enjoy Harry Potter. But when I walked into Diagon Alley, I got a hug, you know, from Mm -hmm. just that, that, uh, that feeling of being there. I felt like I was in the films. This was a new place, a new entity. I didn't feel it right away. An hour in, I didn't want to ever leave. And and I agree with you. Yeah. And my son and Evan spent seven hours, not in line for popcorn buckets, seven hours walking around Galaxy's Edge and just having an adventure by himself while I walked around, took pictures, and my mm-hmm. wife and daughter went off and did other things in Hollywood Studios. The price point is a huge knock for me. It better be amazing yeah. before I spend it. Sean and John? Same. I think it starts with the price point. Um, I think only maybe two, maybe three of us in our family would want to invest that much money in something like that. And so, you know, if we were on a trip, you know, that could possibly be a little side excursion or something while the others go to the beach and, you know, we stay after for something like that. But again, I think we're going to be a little hesitant until we start reading some actual reviews and, you know, people that have been on the ground. The word for me is patience. I mean, there have been missteps by Disney. I'll say it. We've been disappointed. However, to your point, John, I really think there are going to be step one, step two, step three, back to step two, maybe even back to step 1A, step two, step three, step four, back to step 3A, B, and C. They're going to get it. And I think that patience and, again, they know what's on the line. I honestly believe, and I, I did read some of that and didn't get a chance to see the video before it got pulled. I think sometimes they throw this and that out there. They sense the reaction, and they're so good, just as you were alluding to, that, all right, okay, this, we're going to, let's go back. And there are meetings being held every day until that place opens. And even more importantly, there are meetings held every day after it opens for a year, for a, for two, for a decade. Because if they get this right for this area or this universe, who's to say they're not going to do it for other stuff? You know, I mean, of course, Star Wars is the top. I mean, that's the place where you have the, the biggest fan base to do something like this. But it doesn't have to be a hotel. It could be an afternoon of uh, doing something at a new park where you're completely immersed in something else. I mean, they started with a VIP tour in the Magic Kingdom. Thank you, Sean, for filling us in on all that history, you know, about... What, what what you learn and what you do there, but you're still ingrained and, and you're still, and it's your piece of the magic pie, so to speak. And, and I think that if we just are patient, you know, Twitter, social media, everybody's just going to be ragging on everything about it. You're right. Watch everything. And even though you find a video in 2022 about it or 23, guess what? 
when you go experience it in 28, 29, 30, 31, hopefully we're all around much longer than that. I bet it's not the same. I bet it's not the same. Yeah. And sometimes there's just like, it reminds me of when Heath Ledger was cast as a Joker in, uh, the, in the Dark Knight. And everyone was so quick to jump all over it. And oh, this is going to be terrible. I just don't have a lot of patience for that because why don't you wait and give it a chance first? Now, seeing a movie is way different than plopping down thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. for a couple of nights in a, in a role play hotel. Granted, granted. And, I, and like I said, I if I can't pay cash to do it, I'm not going to go, right? So I, I want to make sure that's worth it. That's one of the reasons why we're waiting until 2023. And I'm saving for it, right? And if but what I hear and what I see and what I experience, um, then I'm going to go for it, right? But but I reserve the right to just kind of wait and see. The possibility of it sounds out of world phenomenal. I'm not using that as a pun. Let's take a look at pretending we are doing this podcast in July of 1955. You know, the first opening day of Disneyland was a nightmare. Can you imagine reactions on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, just social media in general? You know, Ladies Heel getting stuck in the asphalt that's still not hardened and, you know, bathroom lines, you know, running long, whatever. So I think just in this day and age of need to know yesterday, you know, what's going on. I think if a little perspective of time and seeing how things grow and improve. And like you said, John, you know, they're going to be monitoring every nuance of this very closely for a long time. So just give, give it a little time. So when I wrote uh, the Star Wars book, uh, a number of people asked me, Star Wars fans are so like, voracious and so intense weren't you worried about that is, is there any kind of pressure that goes along with that and because you know what you write is going to be scrutinized and i can honestly say i didn't think about that for one second because i'm just going to do my best and if that's not good enough then it's not good enough but they asked me to do it i'm going to try it the people who are working on the halcyon the people who worked on galaxy's edge these are the top of the top of the top of of entertainment and creativity and architecture and Imagineering, and they know what's at stake. I mean, they, this is going to help them feed their families, right? This is going to help them move on to the next best thing. They're not going to take this lightly by any stretch of the imagination. They're going to give their all, and they've proven to us time and time again the Disney Company that they care so much about providing amazing experiences for families. So I'm just hopeful that that is going to be what happens. And can I just say, uh, even if I climbed mount everest it would not top the ability to say the sentence when i wrote the star wars book i don't know if you could ever <laughs> accomplish something greater in our mind in my mind uh, okay oh you're very kind moving into the last portion here let's talk about the leadership at lucasfilm um it it appears kathleen kennedy is going to retire at some point um uh, we do we do we we don't know exactly when yet, but the rumors are sometime relatively soon. That could be within the next couple of years, I would assume, right? I, I mean, I guess I I I I use rumors to me. I don't are like wins for my favorite football team, the Chicago Bears. It's pretty <laughs> rare that I acknowledge. So you know, I I don't I don't pay attention to rumors. I've met Kathleen Kennedy, and she is. You can, it's there. There are people like I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of people. John Aloys, for example. There are certain people that when you're around them, you just they just radiate something, right? And Kathleen Kennedy is someone radiates charisma and intelligence and power and like in the best way possible. 
And she has helped to bring the Star Wars out of into a, a place of cultural relevance that has really not happened since 1983, to be honest. I mean, before Disney bought Lucasfilm, we had Family Guy parodies and Robot Chicken, and that was pretty much it. And that that is no thank you. There, there's more to Star Wars than that. And she took it to another level and, and added to the mythology. So I don't know who would possibly replace her and i don't even want to think about it to be okay. honest uh, because because i think i think she's doing a great job because pe- some people didn't like the last jet or some people didn't like the rise of skywalker or vespas or whatever people may not totally love you know that's that's okay i i think she's putting some really good people in place and star wars as you know just like with disney is so overtly scrutinized that if something happens that normally would happen in cinema like going through different directors how many different directors did gone with the wind have or the Wizard of Oz. And those those movies turned out okay, right? So these things happen in movies. These, these happen in entertainment. But because of the Twitterverse and all eyes on everything that is Star Wars related, everything is magnified and extrapolated into something that actually isn't. So I'm, I'm not trying to avoid your question, no, but that- I honestly don't know. You know what I mean? Because I think, I think Kathleen Kennedy is doing a fantastic job. Now, I just, there's not a lot of Kevin Feige's in the world, to be fair. Right. I mean, he Kevin Feige is the bar, and he should be. He absolutely should be. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of kind of fleshes out. I I'm available. I'll I'll, I'll make a resume. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of the fans would like to see Filoni or uh, you know John Favreau. Sure. I don't I don't see Favreau in that seat. To be honest with you, I think he's too mm-hmm. busy or or too interested in other aspects of. Um, he's a creator and a storyteller. Yeah. He wants to tell stories. I, yeah, I think that's just speaking of fan service. I think that's exactly what that is. I I don't I don't think that would necessarily happen either it's interesting you bring up careful yeah uh kevin feige um Mm -hmm. you know as a producer as somebody with a vision uh i don't think it needs to have someone who was so knee deep in the creative the entire time but hires the right people maybe Mm -hmm. has an ultimate vision of where uh, the story needs to go and stay on a continual path towards there but letting people tell their own side stories and that ladders up to the ultimate, um, right. whatever the goal is for the, for the ultimate story. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody like that would be, uh, outstanding for star Wars or, or any, any, uh, s- property that Disney has. It's just interesting. I have seen a lot of articles on people speculating on who that would be next. And, um, I'm not ready to hand the reins off to anyone that I can think of, to be honest with you. Oh, I agree. And I, and I think that it's, you know, it's very easy to be the Monday morning quarterback when you've never put on a pair of cleats before. And a lot of the stuff that this is a, this is a really hardcore business. There's a lot, so many things that go into this that people have no idea about. So it's just, it's pretty staggering. So I think stay in your lane, you know, and just let, let the creators do their thing. Can you imagine if the internet was around when Tolkien was was working on The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, oh, oh my goodness! Well, you and know, don't get me wrong. I think it's I think criticizing and and not loving everything and having a discerning eyes is great. I think that is the discourse and the rhetoric is very important. But just hating because you are just a grouch, nah, get out of here. <laughs> 
I have a great friend who uh, is a big Star Wars fan, has not enjoyed what Disney's done, but he can still, like you said, go back to what he does love. Yeah. You can still find your joy, you know, in, in whatever you used to love. I, I, I walked through Galaxy's Edge. I appreciated everything that was in there. I understood two, two and a half percent of what I was looking at, but I went, wow, Disney did this. And I may not appreciate it as fully as you guys do and may never. And that's okay with me because I can still take a look from a broad brush, a, a look at a place and go, wow, Disney did this. And it wasn't one person. It was a team. There was the business side. Sure. There was the the corporate conversations that you have to have with Coca-Cola with the new bottles in, in, in the native language. There are all of the planning of just the actual building. It, it, you put a person in charge, and, and you're right, whether it be Lucasfilm or something else, but it's who you surround yourself with. And I stood there and went, I can't even begin to imagine how many people were responsible for this. And, and so, again, we, we keep harping on social media, but there's a reason to. You just get the negative Nellies, the grouches, who just all of a sudden, it is. You can sit back in your, in your basement on your laptop and sit in there and, and just criticizing everybody and throw it out on the internet. Well, that's great. But have you ever stood there and kind of absorbed what is in front of you? Yes, you can do that in a physical place. But I think you need to be able to try to do that, not in the corporate sense, so to speak, but you just don't even have the inkling to understand what is done on a macro or a micro level at these entities. So all these people publishing these articles, half the time it's clickbait as far as I'm concerned, but I think you could say that about anything. Sure, here, here. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about that of, you know, just negative headlines because negativity mm -hmm. sells right now for some reason. Yep, but, that's right. Yeah. That's what people, people don't want, people don't want solutions. They just want to uh, marinate in, in that. And, and it makes me sad because there's a lot of joy in the world and we need to continually put that out there, which is what Disney really cared about. We can't top that. I think that's a great way to, to close out our conversation. Dan, before we let you go, please tell us where our listeners can find you. Certainly. Well, you can find me twice a week on Coffee with Kenobi, wherever you listen to your podcast. We have the live show on Monday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time and the regular show on Thursdays. You can find Coffee with Kenobi all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and I even sold out and I have a TikTok. I'm now proud of myself, but hey, you know, it's what the kids do. So I got to try that out. And then you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Zer, M-R-Z-E-H-R. And if you have a podcast or a blog or are thinking about starting one and what need help doing that or building your brand, you can reach out to me at danzymedia.com. I truly enjoy when there's a new uh, show going on on Disney Plus or a new movie that comes out on Monday nights when you have your top five live mm -hmm. with your with your various audiences. And then uh, your Thursday show, you break down that episode and you really dive deep into the episode. You watch those shows multiple times before we get to uh, your show. So it's great insight. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And you were on one of them for Bad Batch. I believe it was a Bad Batch or Mando. Actually, I was on for favorite Star Wars memories. Uh, that's right with Clayton. Yes, with Clayton Sandell. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, we'll have to have you on for one. You guys are all welcome to come on anytime and break down an episode for sure. Absolutely. Ooh, let's do a music music episode. Ooh. Okay, I think that would be great. Perfect. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. 
always a pleasure to have Dan on. Uh, you know, John, I know you're not a huge Star Wars fan, but you can appreciate the idea of the storytelling aspects and, and what Dan is referring to. Absolutely. He mentioned two words at the very beginning, uh, passion and empowerment, right? And if he doesn't personify those two words about this topic, tell me who does better, right? Okay, no offense to you two. But I'm just saying that as a casual observer, minimal participant, I enjoy watching the joy these discussions bring him and you. And to just be able to absorb from that and to appreciate what those two words mean in their most basic premise that you can be passionate about something, but what do you do with it? He writes books. He is known around the world for his knowledge, but at the same time, he spins it in a positive way. You know, how did he end here tonight? Saying, hey, if you're interested in doing a blog or doing a podcast, talk to me. This universe has led him from loving a story to letting it influence his life and others' lives in such a positive way. I just enjoy being a part of these, and I appreciate your patience with me as I sometimes wander off into my own little world thinking, what are they talking about? But at the same time, I enjoy being a part of it. I think you really, truly will enjoy Mandalorian. Give it a shot. And if mm-hmm. you have any questions, mm-hmm. we're ready to answer them. <laughs> that's that's the part that concerns me, is that I'm going to have these slight, and you're going to be fighting over each other. No, that's not, no, wait, wait, he didn't think about this. He didn't think about that part, you know, and and, and, and I don't want to cause a fight between you two, you know. You wouldn't do that. I think you might ask uh, timeline questions, because this was a new character. These were all new characters that we didn't know anything about, at least in the first season. Um, so mm-hmm. really, really cool uh, new approach, fresh approach to Star Wars. You know, even the fact that it didn't have John Williams music, that turned me off at first, but the music is perfect for it. So it's really cool. And and, and I think the cool part is, you, you, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm going to watch this. And even just like Galaxy's Edge, I'm going to get a finite number of, of maybe not even any references, but just like watching a Simpsons episode at age 10 and watching it at age 40, there are different things you pick up. And if you're a lifetime watcher, you can see throwbacks to you know episodes or characters from eons past and and so that's that's a cool part too that you and i could sit and watch something new and get totally different perceptions from it it's the same with the mcu Um, i didn't grow up in the marvel world but watching the movies that's been my exposure my gateway to that world but when i see something on the screen i recognize there's something there and it makes mm-hmm. me want to learn a little bit more about it. You know, I can appreciate right. it, appreciate the story without knowing all the full 40 years of history. But I recognize there's something there that I want to look a little more into. And, and, and that's the edge that sometimes almost is too problematic for me is that I must get to the bottom of this. And now I'm down a wormhole and it's 4 a.m. And I'm going, wait, what happened? What, you know, and I'm more confused than ever. So I've got two lifelines that I'm going to take advantage of. With that said, we hope you have a wonderful week. Again, find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Have a great one, everybody. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub. Thank <laughs> you.